Prince Edward Islands? Is that anything like a Prince Albert piercing? You better be over 18 if you Google that. Welcome to episode 56 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the middle of September 2019, and we'll be discussing some new comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my magical talus woman, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Come follow us as we muse about the X-Men in more places than just this podcast. Like at ShopRite, at work, at the car wash, at the spa, at the movies, at the peep show, at the Lego store, at the Canadian border at American Ninja Warrior, at brunch, at lunch, at funch. What's funch? Fun lunch! And Twitter and Instagram. And speaking of gram, if you need a gram, we've got the hookup to the purest bad language, and we're practically giving it away for your recreational use. I smuggled all the fucks, titties, and pubes in a balloon up my ass for 3,000 miles, but that just goes to show how much we love you, the listeners. Is there a joke in there about smuggling a fuck in a butthole? There's your explicit content warning. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got a connection. So, my friend just posted- the butthole? No. Connection to butthole? No. Why? That sounds like funch. <laughs> <laughs> We're having butthole for funch, Patty. Oh, no. <laughs> My friend posted that there were these, like, exclusive uh, Zelda cups at 7-Eleven, but they only have them in Canada. Like you wear for soccer? I'm sorry, go on. Yes. This is so I reached out to my Canadian connections. Shoutouts to Megan, who doesn't listen to this. Canadian Megan. Canadian Megan. So you're getting cups? One cup. One cup? Yes. One patty, one she cup? She said, which one do you want? And I didn't want to say, you <laughs> have to them? get me all of them. All of them. <laughs> Megan doesn't have to smuggle them up her butthole in a balloon to get here, though, does she? No, she's going to send it to me in the I, mail. I hope so, because if she had to, either way, you should probably wash them first. She sent me a Christmas <clears throat> card once. Oh, she did? Yeah, it was really cute. That was nice. Yeah, I've never gotten a Christmas card from an internet friend, so that was nice. That's sweet. I'll send you one. Ah, From the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, how you doing, Patty? I'm okay. Yeah. I'm uh, Are you? pumped for the convention tomorrow. What? There's what? a convention tomorrow? There's Wait always a, second. a convention. Wait a second. What's today? Today isn't Saturday, the day we normally record. There's a little inside football for you guys, right? I <laughs> use that term correctly, football. But yeah, we normally record on Saturday. But today is a Thursday. We're going to the Poconos for a convention. Yeah. For our international listeners, that is a place in one of the states... In the United States. Yes. Here. Yeah. And it is in a water park. Yeah. That's inside. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Indoor plumbing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Living in the future. <laughs> so we're going to cosplay Eraser Mike again. Uh-huh. And then we're going to do uh, Sonya and Gundam from Danganronpa 2. You guys all need to play... The Danganronpa series. Oh my god, we're like so obsessed. Mutant Musings homework. Between <laughs> the time you hear this and the next new episode, that'll give you a couple of weeks. You have to play through that entire series. It's only taken us... Uh, since April. Since April. To but, start the third one. But, but oh god, it is so good. It is such a good story. Like, you have you have no idea. You people, you people out there in internet land have no idea how good it is. Nobody's ever played the game except for us. <laughs> No, it's it's very good, and then also my third look is Polaris, so yay, we're going to have some X-Men thing. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll just be dressed as regular guy. You're not going to just wear another costume one of the other days? No, probably not. Okay. Probably not, because I'm going to have to shave. Oh, that's another thing that I love about doing this. I get to skip shaving for a couple of days. It's the best <laughs> fucking thing, because that is my most hated thing to do in the morning, but I do it. But also, and Patty tells you that you have to. All right. Well, to be fair, I don't want to hurt Patty, so that's why I do it. Otherwise, otherwise, I might consider rocking a beard. But yeah, otherwise, I shave every day. It only takes five minutes, but it's not the most enjoyable thing to wake up. You know, I wake up, I put the coffee on, and then I'm like, all right, well, I got to kill five minutes until that shit's done to turn it off. So let me just go slash my face a little bit. It's the worst fucking thing when I got a new razor, just fucking cutting up my fucking face. I know. I just experienced the same thing with my legs. Yeah, but I told you, you have to tell the cool story that you were riding your hog. <sighs> you can say I was riding my hog to the funch. We were eating butthole. Yeah. 
That's what a big biker looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, so because we're recording on Thursday, we're going to be away all weekend. I, I was, you know, obviously I could have said to the people at Geekade, like, oh hey, this episode's going to be late, or we're just going to take the week off. But like, you know, the stuff that's coming out is kind of important. I want to talk about it. And I don't feel like we really needed to skip it, but at the same time, like, we're leaving early in the morning tomorrow, so I don't want to be up late recording and then editing. So we figure we'll just talk about new comics, still get a new episode in, and still be, you know, sort of current uh, with everything. As current as we can be, anyway. So we are talking about a few comics. The first one that we're going to talk about is Alpha Flight True North, number one. And I really enjoyed this issue. I enjoyed all three stories, but I have to say that the third story ended on a decidedly down note. Yes. Your, is your arm okay? Yes. Is it okay if we record? I don't want to get in between you and your arm, whatever's going on over there. Looks like you're whispering sweet nothings to your arm. No, I'm just trying to see if this is a zit or what it is. But, okay, yes, go on. <laughs> oh, man, that's staying in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah, there were three stories. None of them were really of much consequence, except, except for that last one, and that's if they decide to do anything with it. Anyway, the first story was great. The art was beautiful. It was really pretty, and two pretty ladies. We had Snowbird and Talisman checking out this town, because something creepy might be going on. And, like, again, the art, it's Max Dunbar. It's really great art. But then, you know, it gets really fucking dark. And there are fucking, like, demons and shit. Like, the townspeople are acting weird. Talisman sense, senses something bad is happening. And all of a sudden, these fucking skull fuck demons are fucking popping up from behind. And that was no fun. It was all spooky and shit. But it was, like, it was really gorgeous art. And uh, all of a sudden, there there's fucking light. And the first thing that I thought was, like, with this crown that this dude is wearing, he looks kind of like the dude from Alpha Flight number one. You remember you that? You remember that? You remember that? No. 1983 was a good year. You remember that. We had Alpha Flight uh-huh. with this guy in his crown. I've read all we of also volume had, one of Alpha Flight. We also had Ronald Reagan. So there mm-hmm. was that. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <clears throat> I thought he looked familiar. And it was, uh, it was Snowbird's dad. I don't even remember his name. I didn't even fucking note it down. But he was the dude in Alpha Flight number one. He was, like, digging up some shit. He found that crown. He decided to put it on. And he turned into Tundra. I don't know if you actually remember or don't remember nope. Alpha Flight one. But, but, yeah, it turned into this big fucking land monster that Alpha Flight had to fight. And that was the beginning of their, of their ongoing series. And it was really interesting. And then it turned out that that dude was Snowbird's dad. She has a human dad. And a, and a godmom. I feel like I remember her having a dad, but I don't think it was around the first issue. I feel no, like it was later. It was, that, yeah. Okay, so I don't remember the first issue. Pretty certain that it was not revealed in this issue. I haven't read it in a long time, but it's just one of those things that sticks out in my memory. I got Alpha Flight number one on, like, my 10th birthday, and it was, like, a big deal because the comic shop in, like, the mid-90s was, like, charging, like, 10 bucks for it or something, and I was like, whoa, oh, oh, my God, collector's item, I gotta get this, <laughs> number one. But, you know, I knew who Alpha Flight was, and I thought this would be neat to I have. I mean, now you can get number one for, like, $2. Wow. Well, thanks for the poop party, Patty. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Pooping all over my 10th birthday. Thanks. And back in 1994, $10 was a lot of money. $10 was a lot of money. You could get, like... 10 gallons of gas. You could get like 10 gallons of gas. You could also get like 10 gallons of milk. <laughs> you could also get like 10 movie tickets. Oh yeah, remember when movie tickets were like five bucks? A dollar? No. Yes, I do remember. I don't remember we that. We used to go to the dollar store and get movie tickets in our packs of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that they sold us. They sold us 10-year-olds packs of cigarettes in 1994. Absolutely they did. This was during Reagan administration. Nobody cared. Free in 1994, loving, Reagan. Free, free loving hippie Reagan. That's what we called him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, so so I thought that was a neat story. Again, didn't really have any giant impact, but it was nice to see no bird no bird. No bird. <laughs> oh man. Just like no girl, if no girl was a bird girl. It's like Beacon No Girl's Love Child. Oh my god, you're right! Thank you. (laughs) all it is is just a beak floating around. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. You say that like it was obvious. Obvious. You shouldn't even have to state that, Jonathan. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and and so it was a good story. And then the next one opens with, they're on a beach? Because I guess they have beaches in Canada? That's news to me. 
I thought there was just snow and and whatever, but they I have, know there is at least one Canadian who listens to us, and he's not going to be happy with that comment. They have I summer for like two minutes. They have summer for two minutes. Yeah, uh, well, there was like a joke about it on How I Met Your Mother because Robin <laughs> was from Canada. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, summer break when I was, like, whatever. And it was just, like, her running to the beach with a surfboard and then her running back and it starts snowing. (laughs) And she's like, best summer ever. Oh, my God. That is messed up. Their climate is pretty close to what we have here. Except that it gets way colder in the winter. Yeah, but not in all of Canada. No, no, no. Not in, like, North Canada where it's, like, the fucking North Pole. Yeah. Is the North <laughs> Pole in Canada? I don't know. Yep, yep, that's exactly it. No, but I think that there are areas that, like, you can't go further north. Like, nobody lives there because it's just, like, ice or something. I don't know. I might be making this up. Yeah. Or I heard it on Tumblr. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know much about Canada is what I'm saying. But shout-outs to Megan. More of those Tumblr facts. Yeah, but, but they're on the beach, and there's North Star and Aurora, and that was really cute, but the only fucking contribution they had to this entire issue was that they wanted to get a tan. Yes. And that was cute, that and it was, was funny, but it was like, part. but it was like a few panels. It was like nothing more than that. I was kind of upset, uh, because the purpose of this story was Puck is telling Marina a tale from 1937 about Good the last times. About the last Who time. Who was the president then? 1937? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, this is a Prince Edward. <laughs> oh the president of the united states yeah oh in uh 37 that was uh, fdr that's what i thought let me look he had up. like four terms oh you're right it was fdr i, I was know. just thinking that like my whole life i've only had like four presidents because all of them had doubles like clinton was two terms but but and wait then a bush second. was two terms and then obama was two terms no but you had um hw you for were, like a month but it's still it still is a thing you know i was born towards the end of the first reagan administration but it still counts i got my two reagans in <laughs> got my two reagan quota <laughs> you know but yeah you're right you're right and hw had a double too didn't he <sighs> no no they said fuck that guy <laughs> they saw this sexy young man in his saxophone and said yeah <laughs> let's go get him his dick sucked <laughs> that's fucked up <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, what? What were we talking? Okay. Oh, yeah. 37. So, uh, so basically Puck's story is that he fought, you know, he was hanging out with a couple of other fucking monster hunters and they fought this monster and it turned out to be a Plodex and whoop, elephants in the room. Marina's a Plodex. He just what? feels bad. And he needed- I didn't remember that word. He did- <laughs> And that thing did not look like Marina. No, it didn't. But that's not even, not even what Marina looks like. I don't remember, but I remember liking her a lot. And then, yeah, like, after, like, six issues, she's like, I'm going with Namor, bye. Yeah, well, she had to, yeah, she deserves this sexy Atlantis prince. But, but I, know, I didn't, didn't want to read all of the Namor stuff because he was, like, always in all of these books. Yeah. And I was like, I just want more Marina. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I mean, the most recent volume of Alpha Flight was volume four in 2011. I think it might have started in 2010. I could I could be wrong. It was very short. She was in there. She was angry as fuck, too. It was it was sort of interesting to see. But that's, that's sort of beside the point. But, you know, Marina is like, oh, this is a confession. She's like, listen, we all have some monster inside of us. I'm not going to let that define who I am. We can all change for the better. And Puck starts talking about his story about when he took over hell. And there's no beer down there and hockey sucks. And I thought that that was really funny. But, but you know, this was, it was kind of a cute story. I like seeing them together. I thought this was interesting. When Puck was talking about the monster hunters he was with, he mentioned uh, Ulysses Bloodstone, and he mentioned Fat Cobra. And I was like, that sounds, and also this guy looks familiar. He was in Deadpool v. Gambit. Okay. <laughs> sure he was. Listen, I don't remember, like, anything about that series. I don't remember why Deadpool and Gambit were V-ing to begin with. Why were they were having this flying V? I don't remember what fucking purpose Fat Cobra. I think it was right when Deadpool kissed Rogue in Avengers. Sure, but I don't. I don't fucking know. I just Wait. remember one of the covers was really funny. There listen. was like a line for a kissing booth between L- the two of them. Listen, you know what? What Deadpool v Gambit got us though? It got us that cute Scrambler story. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember the Scrambler story? That is so disheartening. I'm sorry. I don't remember anything. It took up like an entire issue for no fucking reason. It was just like they they were going to find the Marauders and the Marauders were having like a barbecue and Scrambler was there. 
And then we got fucking Scrambler's backstory and how he was not going to be a criminal anymore because he found a lady and her oh, daughter. Yeah. You do remember that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Vaguely. That was yes. the only, I'm sorry, I don't remember anything about that series. I don't care. But it gave us this cute little Scrambler. And I love that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's a good egg. Yes. Scrambled egg. <laughs> so yeah. So that was pretty much that. And then the last story was was kind of really dark and really fucked up. So they kind of, they, they did spoil this, so it doesn't matter if I say it. But in volume four of Alpha Flight, Heather Hudson was mind controlled and she ended up killing the little girl, Claire's parents, and ended up, you know, turning on Alpha Flight. Like, a bunch of people turned into fucking villains because of the master of the world. It was this whole fucking weird political story that they had set in Canada, but it was really interesting, and it was really cool, and Purple Woman was there, and it was dope, and I loved it, and I haven't reread that in a couple of years, but I remember liking it a lot. But yeah, it left a bunch of stuff open, and so it's been years since that volume, and now we get this. We get Heather and Claire, and there's people going after her. And all of a sudden, fucking Mac shows up. Daddy Mac. And Daddy Mac is like, I'm going to get you to safety. Here's this safe house. You can stay here. And it turns out that, no, he's he, he manipulated her. That's all just VR. She's going to be stuck in that house so fucking him and Department H can keep tabs on her. And she has no idea. Whoops. Dark turn. Yeah, that was fucked up. I never read any of Alpha Flight except for Volume 1. Which I guess was a mistake because now this got spoiled. It but sure it's not like was it was amazing. I'm not going to remember it anyway, probably, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I don't know. But what did you think about the three stories in this? I liked them, but I feel like it was just kind of like, Alright guys, you want Alpha Flight, we'll appease you briefly. <laughs> and it wasn't really, you know, like really an Alpha Flight story, except I for agree. the last one. It was just kind of like here are Alpha Flight characters telling stories. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen more interaction between them. Yeah. Um, and I would like a new volume yes. of Alpha Flight, please. Yes. Thank you. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, like I said, this was mostly inconsequential, but like the ending of the last story just made me like, well, okay, are we going to have to wait another seven or eight years before this gets continued? Yes. I don't feel like... Now, I'm saying when volume four of Alpha Flight ended, and that was 2011... I, I'm probably forgetting other appearances by, like, Heather and Mac in between then and now. I mean, maybe something else furthered this story that I'm just not remembering, but but really, do we really have to wait that long? Like, I wouldn't even mind if there was an ongoing of short stories, you know? That, like, you know, uh, like, uh, one, like the Talisman and uh, Snowbird thing. It was a story that took place over, like, a few issues of an ongoing or something. You know, it sounds kind of dumb, but... Yeah, I would like an ongoing with maybe the whole team together. Maybe they all, after a few issues, they all come together and everything is resolved somehow. And then we get like a proper ongoing for a little bit. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, I know Patty's not the only one. A lot of people have said they want it. But obviously their concern is the fucking sales. Like, are Pussies. fucking 30, 40, 50,000 people really going to buy every issue of this? Like, probably not. But I'd like to think that there are a lot of people out there who want to see more Alpha Flight. Yeah, and, like, a lot of Volume 1 of Alpha Flight wasn't even, like... You be careful. No, it wasn't really. <laughs> the stories were just really weird. Yeah, and they not were. like Not, like, weird, like, Excalibur weird. Uh, they were weird, like... <laughs> what were they thinking <laughs> like okay so so mac died but he didn't really die no he did but he did yeah he did but then he made up a story but it wasn't really him it was just like way too much i feel like and then you know between them switching code names 500 times and the uh, oh. omega flight and all of that gamma flight i thought, gamma that, flight, I, I yeah, thought was, all that was neat i thought it was just like maybe too much i don't know no, I get you. I mean, they had a lot to fit in just that one title with, like, all of those characters. But also, I feel like the stories were, like you said, they were just kind of, like, weird. And honestly, like, a lot of the time I'm looking at it like, what are they thinking? But still, the characters still came across as sort of endearing and likable and, and interesting. Even if, like, the dialogue and the overall plot wasn't the best thing, it still, it still worked. I don't even think I've sniffed Volume 2, but I've read all of... Sniff it. <laughs> sniff it good but i've read all volume three and four neither of which were very long but but yeah i mean it's it's give us more just we need more canadian representation in our comic books yes 
All right. So, next comic we're talking about is The Hawks. The Hawks number four. And it opens with No More. Patty, no, no more. more. No more. No more what? It's just, just no more. Look at what they've done. And it's just, just, these are ominous, these are ominous phrases that we're using. And then boom, mutant extinction events. And they break it down. Genosha, 16.5 million dead. Decimation, 1 million depowered. Uh, they have the pre-Genosha population, the pre-decimation, and the post-decimation, and it's like, okay, this uh, this doesn't bode well for for what we're about to get, and and it wasn't, but uh, but there was Trinary. Yeah, Hickman, so we haven't forgotten about Trinary. Hickman Hickman must have read Tom Taylor's stuff. Yay, which is nice. Yes, Tom Taylor's the best. He is the best. So yeah, I was I was happy that there was uh, there was Trinary there. And uh, she didn't do a whole lot, but she was there. And They uh, said her name, but I didn't see her. Oh, she was in the back. If you're facing it, on the left, towards the back. Uh-huh. She was not in the forefront. She sure was. <laughs> we are up to three cuckoos now. I counted three whole cuckoos in this issue. Not on the first read-through, but on the second read-through, I noticed a third cuckoo. Yay! <laughs> And also, as I saw a post that was shared from Twitter on Facebook or whatever, Uh that Magneto was like, okay, guys, have have fun breaking your your metal robot head in space from the metal cables. (laughs) Bye. Also, Trinary didn't go. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. She didn't go. It was just... Whose decisions were these? They were so bad. Charles Xavier's. Charles, you <laughs> dumb fuck. <laughs> it's that it's that fucking headwear. It's too tight. It's cutting off the circulation to his fucking brain. And if he's so smart, why didn't he go instead of Jean? Because Hickman made her a total pussy in this. Because it, Charles can't fucking do anything up there. He's got that hat in the way. <sighs> so yeah, so so you've got the team on the ground monitoring the fucking team in the fucking space station. And we find out immediately, like, I remember sitting here fucking discussing the last issue and that guy, you know, fucking uh, exploding, you know, just committing suicide, blowing up part of the fucking station. And that was to take out the fucking jet and that we lost Archangel and Husk off fucking panel. We lost them. They they died. Bye, and guys. This just had me. This just had me thinking about fucking Austin's Chuck Austin's run when the two of them were in the sky having sex in front of Ma Guthrie, <laughs> and I was like, man, Hickman was really not a fan of that. He's still carrying a resentment. <laughs> I forgot about that. I did not. That is a hard thing to forget once you have seen it. <laughs> sky sex in front of Mama. <laughs> That's the Mile High Club. <laughs> Archangel is the Mile High Club. Exactly. <laughs> no, but but still, they have to go to finish the fucking mission to send Mother Mold into the sun. And, you know, Kurt, apparently he's got some, like, internal bleeding or whatever, but it's like, he's so sweet, he's so cute, no matter how badly he's injured, he's got a fucking smile on his face. Listen, the art in this issue was dope. I loved it. The look on everyone's face, just everything, was just so emotive. And I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but it... It really is. None of this is just like run of the mill or it looks like like this panel is just sort of for for filler. It just looks amazing. And like Wolverine is ready to kill them. Cyclops has this dope plan. And like, you know, you feel some of this fucking hope that they're all going to get in there and and get it done. That's what she said. (laughs) Cyclops, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, and Mystique all have to go take out fucking uh, one of the cables to detach the head. And M and Jean are going to stay behind to retain the link to home. And um, and why do they need to have a link to home? So everybody knows what's going on. Why? So they if know they what... wanted to go, they could have gone. Yeah, but then... That... Use the phone. <laughs> Get walkie-talkies. Get beepers. This is Krakoa. This is nature. We why don't use using... phones here. Why are they using Jean as a beeper? <laughs> But the humans are preparing this counterattack, but it doesn't matter because they start disconnecting Mother Mold. You see, Wolverine actually killed people. Of course, Kurt doesn't, but they succeed. But then humans reach Jean and Monet. M is pushing her toward the fucking escape pod. And Jean is so scared, like, you need to come with me. And M is like, I don't know what to say, Marvel Girl. Try harder. As, like, M goes after the fucking guards and transforms into penance. What the Fuck! I was like, oh my god, I don't... What? what? Just put letters together that don't work. I agree. Those are the same letters that I had about the gene situation. Well, 
<laughs> no, it was it was stupid because basically Jean knew that Monet was gonna die if she stayed, and she was just pushing her to safety. And Jean's like, "No, I can't do it by myself." And right. I'm like, "What is this? The animated series? Like, come on, <laughs> this isn't Jean." Scott, Scott, <laughs> Jean, Jean. <laughs> I know, and I have to say... Hashtag, not my Jean Grey. (laughs) I kind of liked it. You like that she was a pussy? Yeah. Pussy Jean? No. (laughs) No, because you're like, oh, I'm a big, strong man. I'm going to protect her. Those mean two completely different things. There is pussy Jean, and there's also Jean pussy. You see what I'm saying? No, I don't get it. Yeah, there's there's the Jean pussy. There is pussy Jean, and then there's the Jean pussy. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. I I have to, I'll I'll get to that because it's a really, really important point. But this issue as a whole just made me feel all different kinds of things. Resentment. So, so Scott, Scott succeeds in fucking disconnecting his fucking latch. And Mystique somehow says she got turned around. And then she walks into a trap and that fucking bitch opens the airlock. And fucking Mystique gets sucked out into space. I'm like, what? Mystique, you're telling me at first, Mystique got turned around. Mystique doesn't get confused. She's Mystique. That's part of her thing. She is always a bitch. 24-7, a bad bitch. Like, she would not get confused and turn around. She would not not realize that that wasn't a trap. She would not get sucked out into an airlock without being able to stop this woman in time. I hate Mystique. I fucking hate Mystique. And not as a character, just as like a villain. I think she's a great villain because of how much I fucking hate her. But all of these things, I'm like, like, no, that's not what would happen with Mystique. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you're saying, no, that's not my gene. That's not Mystique. Yes. No. Also, M does not transform into penance. The first time I read it, when Mystique said I got turned around, I figured she was up to something. And I thought like, that for a second, too. Yeah. And that, like, she was trying to steal something on her way or yeah, something. or Some plants. Whatever. Then the second time I read it, I was like, what? Right, right. He's picking up his cues from the movies. <laughs> what? With Pussy Jean and uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. stupid hang, hang on. Mystique. Hang on. Jean was not a pussy in the movies. She was not a pussy in the movies. In the, she the younger Jean. She, uh, well, okay, but to be fair, we we didn't even have the time to get to know her. Famke Jansen was fucking awesome as Jean. She should have had a bigger role, and I did not enjoy most of what she did in The Last Stand, but she was pretty awesome, and she could have rocked that role harder if there were better writing. So, so uh, I'll give you maybe Sophie Turner. But, yes, that's what I was talking but, about. But anyway. But yeah, so they, they're bringing Mother Mold online. They don't want to fucking risk the whole fucking head getting detached. So they start bringing it online. And it's exactly what they thought in the last issue. They said like, oh, this, this thing it might turn out to be a fucking sociopath. And it was. It starts doing these calculations really quick about, you know, mutants and man and God and how we're going to steal its fire and we're fucking, I'm going to kill you all. And then fucking, you think that like, this is the end. Mother Mold came online. We're all going to die. But then Kurt and Logan and everybody share this really fucking sweet, sad and tender moment. And Professor is like, whatever it takes, do whatever it takes. And Kurt says to Logan, when you wake from your earthly slumber, look for me. I will be there waiting for you. This was so emotionally intense. And I'm getting goosebumps now just recalling it. How Nightcrawler teleports Wolverine out into space and immediately just like burns up and fucking fades away into nothing. And Logan just is fucking, his healing factor can't work that fast. But he manages to slice through it and detach that fucking head and it goes towards the sun. And they're all fucking dead. And fucking Scott, Scott is like, I'm, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to get you home no matter what. To Jean. To Jean. But the woman comes and is like, you killed my husband. I'm not taking any prisoners. And then Scott's like, I'm sorry, Jean, I'm not going to make it. And then blam, and the fucking visor. And then she screams and she's somehow dead. Uh, because the Sentinels, because they send out more smaller Sentinels after her escape pod. And they break in. And then at the end, look how this always ends with fire... And death and the funerals of our children. They've murdered so many of us. The world has grown used to it. No more. 
no more. And I'm just like, I cannot fucking wait to see what happens next. Because this issue was so sad and so powerful. Like, it was such the shock when I first read this. And this is when I decided that I was going to get this digitally and go completely digital. And I got this first thing in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to read House of X number four before work. And then I read this and everybody's dead. And I'm like, I got to go to work with all this on my mind now. Yeah, it was it was really rough. But, like, this wasn't them. Yeah. That's and, the thing. And Wolverine, too, asked Kurt about the afterlife. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, come on. Right. Wolverine is not going to care. That's what I'm saying. That's And see, that's exactly what I'm saying. This isn't... This isn't real. Like, I mean, it's but real, this but this is, isn't really them. This is, like, the life that we're seeing now that Moira worked so hard on. I don't think so. Xavier with the big helmet. You think there's another timeline with Xavier with this stupid fucking helmet? Possibly. We don't know how everything connects exactly We don't yet. know how anything connects. <laughs> and we also don't know what those fucking pods were that what we believe to be Scott and Jean came out of. And remember, they were fully formed, fully human adults when they popped out of those pods. And Xavier was like, to me, my X-Men. Because think about it. Sinister. Exactly. That's my point. Say Sinister, say that is Sinister, or Sinister's influence is even just in there. Then this is like the fucking Marauders situation, where there's just endless batches of them coming back over and over. It doesn't matter how many times they die. Now, does that mean that there are no originals anywhere? I don't believe that. I believe that there are originals. I believe there are the characters that we know, or there are characters that are going to be more like the characters we know, and not this. Listen, these... So, first of all, forget that it's this Jean Grey. Jean Grey, period, isn't dead forever. Like, we know Dawn of X. Like, all these characters are coming back somehow. I feel like we're going to we're going to be seeing more of those personalities that we know and whatever is coming next. You're I, so hopeful. Huh? You're so hopeful. <laughs> I'm just like everything sucks and it's never going to be good again. But that's but, but really? Yes. With all of with all with all of what you well not I can't say no, but all of what we sort of see is coming with Dawn of X, all those teams the creative but we teams, don't know anything about them. I know, but but part of that is what gives me hope, I think. You know, because because we got that tease right around the time we started getting Hoxpox. So it's like, okay, as weird and as confusing and as, like, Scott, scattershot this is, there's still, like, this is all going to come together somehow so we can have all of these different teams and we can have this X-line going forward. So it's not just all these weird fucking disjointed stories that have to slowly come together and characters who have been around for decades just die in this one fucking mission you know what i mean so that's what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is again this was not them this was not the characters that we know and love and these are not the personalities we're going to be seeing going forward because a lot of emma frost fans were happy a while ago when we heard that Jonathan Hickman said that he's a fan of Emma Frost, but he's also a fan of Jean Grey. So I think he did all of this on purpose, not to just throw us off, but to like give us some sort of clue that things are not right with the X-Men. Shit, you said it when we were sitting here talking about the last issue, remember? And I was like, oh, Wolverine was like, you know, saying this like about the fucking scientists, and Jean was like, oh, they're just scared people. And you're like, that doesn't sound like Jean, that sounds like Storm. I didn't even think about that, and you were right. These characters, Thank you. These characters don't really sound exactly like we know them, and that is not because he doesn't know these characters. I think it's because it's he's doing it on purpose for a reason. Okay, you can have your hope. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm want my despair. Side of despair. I'm taking Team Hope. You can be Team Despair. Fine. Fine. Okay, but aside from, you know, Gene being all helpless, like, what did you think of this issue? I don't know. I just I just feel like it's going to be kind of inconsequential because the story isn't going to continue from here. They're going to, you know, do a reset. It's oh. not ever going to happen, and they're just going to go from before they started making the Mother Moles, whatever. I think we're going to get a connection to the pods next time. I don't think there are pods. We saw the pods! No. In the first panel! No, that was that was a metaphor. Are you serious? Yes. Do you know there are people that are actually subscribing to the pod people theory? And you're telling me my co-host, by the love of my life, does not subscribe to, to, to my pod people theory? I don't believe in pods. 
<laughs> I'm a pod theist. <laughs> really, I, I do. I really do. I think those pods are going to come back in the next issue, um, or at least before this is all over, and we're going to find out more about them. We're going to find out more about what's really going on with the X-Men. I really think that this one issue was just to... I mean, it did it did add more to the the smaller story of the X-Men, which is literally what's in front of them. We got to stop Mother Mold from coming online because that's going to create Master Molds. That's going to lead to Nimrod technology. Nimrod is going to wipe out mutants. Like, but We've seen Nimrod. In the future. In the 80s. <laughs> but he's from the future, Patty. In the 80s? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because he, he calls back to Genosha and the decimation and these people who have killed all of these fucking mutants. And we see these mutants die. We have, us the reader have seen so many mutants die over time and so many bad things happen to mutants. I feel like this was also just one single issue of just collective mutant death to put in front of us all at one time. Like, because it's not something I think about too often, you know, that millions of mutants died at one time. Millions were, a million were depowered at one time. You know, this fucking human fascist is responsible for this many deaths. This bitch over here is responsible for this many deaths. Sure, it's all true, but it's not something I think about all at one time. But Hickman took this one single issue and said, this is what happens to mutants. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, no, at least I understood that infographic. (laughs) Okay. So, So anyway, I really liked that issue. Powers of X number four, I liked most of. This issue was sort of hilarious and i could not believe everything that was happening in this because it was perfect there is a bar sinister patty there is a mr sinister hangout for mr sinisters that's awesome i want to go to that bar but the bouncer the bouncer uh, fucking magneto and xavier are walking up and the bouncer's like don't ask for help or our handout we really can't be bothered with the problems of sad people and oh look you're wearing a cape how perfect i thought that was wonderful wonderful dialogue the bouncer starts listing reasons why charles in particular it looks like a sad guy and is about to say the word chair when fucking magneto is just like nope i am done with you i i just he just fucking like throws him a fucking across the room it was it was amazing it was amazing and then fucking actual sinister is there and he's like before either of you says another word i want to make one thing perfectly clear i love that cape it was so good it was so good patty like we're only it's only a few pages in and i'm like this is everything i have ever wanted from mr sinister forget the third summer's brother fucking forget all that bullshit forget the marauders i don't care about them anymore give me more of this give me more of this guy this sassy man yes i loved him and i loved the whole thing with the cape this was not confusing but I'm like, why are they going to Sinister? I get that this is very desperate times, but his name is literally Sinister. Mm-hmm. So he's a Sinister man. Okay. Which means don't trust him. Okay, so? Don't trust a hoe. Never trust a hoe. But look at Wolverine, all right? Wolverines are feral in nature, but everybody trusts Wolverine. Okay, but look at all the shit that Mr. Sinister's done. Like okay? What? Like, point to one thing that Mr. Sinister has done that Wolverine has not done. Clones? No, I got you there. (laughs) What else? Questionable clothing? Whoa, we got you there. In fact, I will will say Mr. Sinister has a one-up on Wolverine because Mr. Sinister has never lost his nose, Patricia. And Wolverine, for a period of time in the 90s, completely lost his nose. Mr. Sinister did Inferno. Wolverine did Inferno, too. Everybody did Inferno. That's what we did in the 80s. No, but he he was responsible for it. No, not completely. (laughs) Part of that was demons, and part of that was was the pretender. No, just all this dialogue was so much fun. And so it was was interesting. So this Sinister is only cataloging, I guess, human DNA. And, you know, Xavier is like, no, we, we still want you to do that, but... But he's like, we need... But here's my ejaculation, and we're going to need you to keep keep tabs of that. <laughs> and here's the ejaculation of my friend here. But he, want, he wants Sinister to focus on the mutant gene. And That's what I just said. 
And this this sinister without the cape is basically like, fuck no. So a cape sinister comes over and shoots him, and he's like, but I will, and goes over and just is like, go on. He's like, my, my mutant power is overthrowing tyrants, tyrants and being absolutely fabulous. And Xavier's like, I'm going to wipe your memory until I want you to remember why you're doing it. But you're going to go catalog all this mutant DNA for pod people. Patty, jazz hands. <laughs> I guess. You don't think so? I... Why do you think Xavier wants Sinister to I... catalog all mutant DNA for him? I was confused about that, but I guess pod people, whatever. No, yeah, whatever. Maybe I'll listen to your uh, your theory now. A little whatever bit. you whatever. you get, what's going on, and I don't. So I'll just listen to you. Well, no, I mean to to be honest, like maybe it sort of sounds that way, but some of this stuff I'm just trying to piece together on my own. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. You know, like we were just talking about all this fucking dead X Men, and you're like, no, that was fucking stupid. The X Men are dead, and I'm like. No, they have to come back. Like, I don't actually know that the X-Men are going to come back or if this is even going to be the same life or what X-Men we're going to see. But this is just like, I have this really strong feeling. It's just like with the pod people. I have this really strong feeling. And now when we tie Sinister into it, it makes all the more sense to me. That doesn't mean it's true. Fucking, who knows? Hickman could be like, here's some fucking brood. There's this, the brood, the brood are behind everything. This is the brood did. The brood planted their egg babies in the fucking ground and grew egg babies in your flowers. That's why you have mutant pod things now. It's the brood. Yeah. And then we find out five years from now, after all the new Dawn of X books, that everybody's the brood. And then that becomes the X-Men line. It's just brood people. There's no pod people now. It's just brood people. They're all okay, broody. Okay, so you're right. They're all broody emo boys. You write about Sinister. <laughs> Fine. No, I, I don't know, but it, it makes sense. And then we had this fun little interlude where we got the Red Diamond, which is all the gossip from Bar Sinister. And a lot of people have put together what, what they think and what they're probably right about in, in a lot of these. But I noticed in number three immediately, Deceased Redhead Pretender. I'm like, whoop, that's Madeline. And then... uh where did this one Sinister get his mutant gene? Because you know, we Sinister wasn't born a mutant. But where did he get his mutant gene? So what did he do? Inject it into himself? I, I mean, the, the man has done more fucked up things than that. So yeah, I would say so. He got it from Thunderbird! How? What do you mean? How did he give himself a mutant gene? The injection? Experiments? How did he perform quick brain surgery on Emma Frost to not have that fucking little detonator in her head anymore? How Brain does... surgery is easy, but like I'm saying, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. And like, wouldn't he have any of the powers of Thunderbird? See that he doesn't even have any powers. See, so that that threw me for a loop too. Here, I'm like, he's kind of chesty, but he doesn't look Thunderbird chesty. Thunderbird is a chesty man, and he didn't. So I, it just might just be the mutant gene, not necessarily the mutation. I'm I'm guessing. I might just be grasping at straws there, but like he's not the only character in Marvel Comics who's done this sort of like experimentation on themselves. There is a character who's kind of obscure, June Covington, who's gone by Toxic Doxy, and she's performed a shit ton of experiments on herself to give herself powers because she is just such a fucking genius scientist. She knows how to do that shit. As opposed to, you know, somebody like Beak, if he tried to perform an experiment on himself, he would set himself on fire and he would die. Oh yeah, Beast did it too. Yeah, But Beast. he didn't make himself a mutant. He was a mutant. I know, I never said he did, but he did turn himself blue. Who do you know who does that kind of thing in real life, Patty? This isn't like real life. We don't turn Blue ourselves... Group. We don't... Oh, fuck. Fuck, you're right. They <laughs> did turn themselves blue, didn't they? Yes. Yes. Number five in the Red Diamond gossip was about how, like, this guy loves this lady who's married, and she has a kid, but this guy is doing the same thing. And I'm like, all right, that's Logan and Jean and Scott and Emma. And then it mentions a progerian mutant, which is when you age faster than, like, you are. And um, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, Ernst. Or what about that guy? What guy? The Velocidad. Oh, I don't think Hickman even knows who Velocidad is. I um I didn't look up this word and I didn't understand like nine out of ten of what this was trying to convey. Yeah, like all these points, some of them. So 
I, I'll, so he was just making words together in a <clears throat> sentence. Some of them, me, like I said, I po- I'm pointing out the ones that were like completely clear to me. Some of them were not. I have no idea. And like I said, people are coming up with their own theories and that ones that they're certain of. But for me, uh, I don't know all of them. But this one, I'm sure, is Ernst or Cassandra Nova. I mean, you know, you remember Ernst, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's got to be her. But it was also sort of revealed back in Morrison's run when he had the stories about taking place in the future that Cassandra Nova was Ernst, like, grown up. You know, not the genocidal Cassandra Nova, but that that was, like, Ernst grown up. And it was weird. So that I'm, I'm assuming that they're talking about Ernst or Cassandra Nova or both. I don't know. Then there's another one about the fittest of all mutants, and obviously that's Apocalypse and how he would drop his four, you know, if his originals came back. So I don't think any of this is going to come back necessarily in House of X or Powers of 10X that are going to be of more consequence in the future. Like, we've already seen Apocalypse. We've already seen his X-Men Four Horsemen. We got a tiny peek of his Four Horsemen in this issue, and I feel like that's that might be a thing that comes back in Excalibur, right? Because we know he's going to be in Excalibur. Maybe Maddie, they even mentioned Inferno too. Maybe Maddie and Inferno, something is going to tie into, I don't know, X-Men somehow with all the fucking summers in that title. Maybe Cassandra Nova somehow will tie into this too. And I didn't even think about this until somebody pointed it out. But so the next part of the story, right after the Red Diamond gossip column, we see Xavier and Doug setting up Krakoa, right? Just meeting Krakoa and setting it up. You remember how he was dressed? Like he was like a little man, like on safari, like the fucking villain from Jumanji. Who was? Xavier, with the hat yes. and the jacket. He was dressed exactly like Cassandra Nova was um, at, the beginning of, um, at the beginning of Morrison's run. Interesting. The same fucking hat, right? Now that could just be a nod, or that could be this progerian mutant thing that we're talking about. Cassandra Nova's gonna come into play. So like, I get exactly what you're saying. Some of this was confusing. Like, what can you get out of these clues except for speculation? But what I think about these things that may or may, that make sense and some of the things that may not right now is that he's just planting seeds for things yet to come. Krakoa seeds, if you will. But, like, none of the points were like, you, oh, Madeline Pryor, yeah, she's going to be in an X-Men book. Like, they, I don't know. I feel like he was just saying words like, oh, there was once... This man from Nantucket. I was literally just going to say that. <laughs> and then just ended the sentence there. And like, that's what the points were. And I'm that like, so what? what is would the point of this? have been hilarious. But that's what I think. I think he wants to give clues to future things that are going to happen without giving it all away. You know what I mean? Who fucking knows? This could be, it could all be part of like a wave two. And we don't even know what those books are yet. So how many of these? Are there six of each? Yeah. Okay, so there's only two more of each. Yeah, there's two more left of each, and I feel like not everything... So that's like a month? Yeah, about a month from now. Okay. Right around this time in October. Yeah, I feel like not everything is going to be wrapped up nicely, you know, and just like gifted to us. Why would they? (laughs) But I feel like more things are going to be come more clear as we go on. To you. Well, maybe. And then you can explain it to me. Maybe. Like a dumb bitch. You're not... Are you, are you calling me a dumb bitch? I'm calling me a dumb I bitch. I am a dumb bitch sometimes. To be fair, Patty is not incorrect. There are plenty of times where I'm a dumb bitch. Listen, we were fucking sitting having breakfast this morning, and I'm looking at the back of her Corn Pops cereal box, and I'm looking at this. They didn't call it Mad Libs because copyright infringement, but it was basically like a little Corn Pops Mad Libs, and I thought to myself, Mad Libs? And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Oh, Mad Libs is just ad lib. With other letters around it. Yeah. I am a 35-year-old man, and I am... Th- I was wondering this, why you said that this I am, morning. I am this many... Di- right? Because I was being a dumb bitch, Patty. <laughs> You're not a dumb bitch. No, you just... You don't like this. And that's okay. I honestly hope that there are some pieces in here that you enjoy, even if you're not... Even if you're not saying, like, oh, yeah, I thought Logan and Kurt were cute or whatever. Like, I hope you're not, like, ready to rip the comic every time you read it. Oh, uh, I don't buy... Um, <clears throat> the paper copies anymore so i can't do that okay well i you know i'm glad that you're not fucking trying to flush your phone down the toilet or set it on fire oh when you're reading it but <laughs> but you know what i mean like it's okay that you don't like it um, not according to some people on twitter <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm more of, like, a to-each-their-own type of guy. And honestly, like, having you to talk about the X-Men with over, even before we started this podcast, has helped me appreciate that and different opinions. I mean, like, if you're, if, and I don't mean you, Patty, or you, even the listeners, just general you, as long as you don't come at it, like, come at us or another person like an asshole, like, your opinion is fine, whatever it is. Patty doesn't like this, you know, and that's okay. I do, uh, and that's okay. Even though there are things that are still sort of confusing, and I want to get to one more point here that I didn't like too much, actually. So the Cypher and Xavier thing was cute. You know, it was great. Doug is fucking dope here. He has to be, right? Because Because we need a language. We need a way to communicate with Krakoa without Doug having to be there to hold everybody's hand. Everybody has to be able to understand this language, and so does Krakoa, so that is Doug's job. And that makes Doug one of the most fucking valuable mutants in existence, and how many worst X-Men lists have you seen that boy on? And we will never fucking see that again. So, fuck you fucking comic book website journalist assholes who put him on worst X-Men list, because he has never been the worst, and he can never be the worst again. Good. Good. Who is the worst? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm just gonna repeat myself. Who do you think is the worst? Don't say, don't, you, you go ahead and you answer, but you think, you think about who you've got to spend the weekend with, Miss Honey, Fine. before you answer. <laughs> who do you think is the worst mutant? I mean, honestly, I think Husk's powers are kind of stupid. Husk? Yeah. Whoa, really? Yeah, just like her powers, not her as a character, I just think her powers are kind of Dumb. Do you think it's the actual, like, transforming into something, or it's the fact that she has to rip her skin off? I think it's both. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought I always thought that was interesting. And I always kind of liked the skin ripping, because I thought it was a little terrifying. It made me, like, a slightly uncomfortable as a kid, and I still kind of like that, because I was a twisted kid. Um, but, yeah. Damn. Wow. I honestly, I don't, I don't really know. I feel like anybody I say is going to offend a lot of people, just as yours did. <laughs> just as yours did. <laughs> Do it. Offend it. Offend everybody. <laughs> no, I'll have to think more about that. Damn it. I'll come back to it. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Yeah, but we got this sort of weird story there. There was uh, Krakoa used to be one bigger land. There was fucking, it was Okara, and then it split into two, Arako and Krakoa. And these demons started coming out from the chasm in between them. And Apocalypse shows up. And Apocalypse gets his original four horsemen who are all shadowy and whatever. And fucking push the demons away and force Arako to go inside of Krakoa. So it's like, okay, well, there were these two things. And now because of these fucking demons and this bullshit, there's only one. And Krakoa is sad about it. I don't know. That is probably going to come back too. I don't really know. But... I uh, I appreciated that Doug got the spotlight here. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they called out Trinary again for, like, you know, this fucking... Well, uh, who else was in there? Black Tom, too, right? Yeah. Beast was in there. I thought that was... It was really interesting. Like, they're serving a specific purpose on Krakoa. I also just mentioned Forge, too, is busy building biological machines that could possibly be used to manage mutant expansion on the island? That was weird. I'm what sure does that mean? I don't fucking know. Forge is doing machines. Forge, that's what Forge does, right? All right, yeah, what else Forge, is new? Forge was useless. There's another episode. There's an episode <laughs> where I get to say Forge is useless. <laughs> Apparently, I said that at some point in my life. Yes. But whatever. All right, so here is what I wasn't totally into. It was it was the final piece of this issue. It was in year 1000. The ex-Smurf gives the Phalanx the sphere. The Elder is in there. Because Phalanx can't take biological entities, so, like, all the knowledge was put into this sphere and absorbs the sphere. And then, like, these people are dressed like the church, uh, the Ascendancy Church people, and they want to be taken by the Phalanx, is what it seems like. Now, why? Like, that's where this started to lose me. And I was just saying to you the other day how I'm really curious about what we're going to find out about year 1000, and the answer really isn't anything like this this didn't give me this is not giving me enough i feel like all the other timelines we've got something of consequence we've got moira and all of her resurrections we've got her meeting charles and them approaching magneto then in year 10 you know we've got all the shit on krakoa and what's going on and the x-men dying in space in year 100 we got the full entirety of the last issue of 
you know, the distraction and trying to find out when Nimrod came online and all that is dope, but this isn't giving me enough to be interesting yet. And I was like so curious, just waiting to see what's going to happen this time. And these are just like the humans from the Church of Ascendancy and they want to be taken by the machine that is Phalanx to be consumed in there. Or is this like they are trying to sabotage the Phalanx? Do we want these people to get in there? Do we want the X-Men to come and save the day? I, 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 don't. I don't think there are X-Men. Like, this, this is a point where I'm like, mm, uh, this isn't doing it for me. This was, I was, I was going along with it up until now. Uh, and I might eat my words. The next issue, it might be like, oh, I see how this is all tied in together. Because does this take place in Life 6, which we haven't seen any of? Where does this take place? Who, what, where, when? Where's Moira? Is Moira in there? Is Moira the phalanx? Is Moira a pod person? Is Sinister inside Moira? Who's, is everybody inside Moira? Is Moira inside of of all of us? I don't know. She was inside of us all along. That's the the lesson Hickman is teaching us. I'm just making up words as we go. So you say things now. I really don't like this year 1000. Yeah. Okay, so something to know about me is that I hate sci-fi and I hate space. Oh. And uh, that's pretty much all this is. Because in space, no one can hear Patty scream. And Patty needs people to hear her scream. Yes. Sorry, go on. So, yeah, no. Also, like you said, we don't understand anything that's happening. And, like, who are these people? I don't care about these people. But... (laughs) Like, why can't the phalanx just do whatever they want? That's what they've always done. But what I'm what I'm saying is is like I don't mind that if there aren't all these explicit connections is that this has given us so very little to and I'm glad to go on you know like I can try to make my own connections here but the, the fucking the the humans in the Church of Ascendancy and want to be taken by the machines that's what this seems like but is that really the end also where's Moira. Like Moira has well, to Moira be isn't here. around in year one thousand. She has to be there somehow, right? How? If, but She's listen, dead. But if we are to believe that, because remember, whenever we we've seen Moira die a bunch of times, right? Yes. Remember, and every time she dies, everything resets. So you think that this might be after the final time Moira has died? Maybe. Because she's not going to be alive for a thousand years anyway. So there's no way that she would be alive. So this would have to be her final life. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe she could be alive that long somehow with machine help. If she bonded with machines. Or maybe she really is dead. I don't know if we've seen anything of her after Hoxpox. I don't think she was anywhere in Dawn of X. I could be wrong. This could be after she died. So, so yeah, I, I don't know. I thought the art was dope. You know, seeing the phalanx there as Orby Glob, and then there's this spiky Orby Glob. I thought that was neat. You know, the art was cool. Yeah, I guess I don't really get that. And again, it's not that it's not that I want to dislike it. It's just it's not giving me enough to, to go on. The last issue of Pox was all about year 100. So we got to we got to understand almost everything that was going on because we got that you entire did. issue. <laughs> we got that entire issue dedicated to it. Yeah, but it made sense after I sort of explained it, right? Sure. Jonathan, uh, <laughs> Jonathan explains the X Men. Yeah. No, those the 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 those words are taken. No, yeah, those words are taken by those two other guys. They, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want them to come after me. They could beat me up anyway. But. Uh, I hope I eat my words. I really do. I really do. I hope by next episode, I'm like, oh my god, can you believe the phalanx is the reason for everything? The phalanx created mutants. Oh my god. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know what to think. Give me a positive takeaway, like on Adam Ruins Everything. So, in the end, we're all gonna die and nothing matters. Oh my god, (laughs) stop saying that. This series might not be the best, but it's only four more issues. Uh, what about the art, though? The art is really good. Okay, I'm fucking glad you said that. I mean, obviously, we we have seen and and discussed probably on on comics in the past. R.B. Silva, Pepe Larraz, Marte Gracia, all like all their art before, but they are bringing their fucking a game to this. I have never seen. Fucking just these artists go so hard on the X-Men and make everything so fucking beautiful. Fuck, what what mutant, what was it? The, the mutant power, we think, or mutant is the worst, or mutant power? Yeah. All right, so, uh, so, like, the lamest, lamest mutant. I, I'm sorry, 
She's a cutie. She's pretty. She's sassy. For me, it is uh, is roulette. Is is my least favorite. Gasp. I think, I think it is silly that she's just got these little discs that she throws, and it's like whoop. That bookshelf <laughs> fell on you. I mean, I'm. I, I don't know. I just think it's silly. The disc throwing. You know, like. The whole look thing is fine, but like Ileana used to have to throw discs, but that's to fucking teleport, you know, and that's yeah, okay that's true. because it's like into the disc. Yeah, you know, like they're not going into roulette's discs to get bad luck. It's just like I'm gonna throw this little frisbee, and yeah, it's tiny. That's true. I don't think she's a bad person, even though she sort of was a little bit. <laughs> but she's not great. She's not great. Gun to my head. That's who I have to say. Because Patty's holding a gun to my head. <laughs> so, so, on that note, that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of Alpha Flight, True North? What do you think the Phalanx is doing in space? Join us next time. We'll be discussing some new comics and some spookiness. Until then... Sassy Sinister was right.